0: What up? What up? Welcome to the Third Culture Kingdom. This is your host David Huang. Hope the year has started off swimmingly for you. As we continue our the pathless traveled series, we'll be digging into a topic that I have very little knowledge about, but one that absolutely is important to talk about. So we're going to talk about postpartum, which is the period directly after childbirth with Tanya Carpenter, a mother, a community leader, lactation consultant, and postpartum certified doula. Let's go. Happy 2021, everyone. Uh, Welcome to the Third Culture Kingdom podcast. Today I have special guest, guest with us, uh, Tanya Carpenter with me, founder and owner of uh, Postpartum Doula Services of Waco and Lactation Services of Waco. Uh, she used to invite me over to join her family after church when I was in college. Um, appreciate her, respect her a ton. So, hi Tanya, happy 2021! Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, how have you? Hi, been? Hi David,
1: I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It's great.
0: Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, super excited to to yeah hear about what you've been doing and yeah get others um, more informed on on this topic. So before we go into you know our, our main topic today, I'd love to hear about yeah kind of just how you grew up, where you grew up, and how you ended up in in Waco.
1: Yeah, so I actually grew up all over the world and. Um I love uh how you your show is called Third Culture Kingdom because I really am a third culture kid. Um, my father was in the military and so we um we every three years we moved someplace new so um some of that was in other countries and um other states um, and so I know what it's like to um be an American. <laughs> You know, and live in American culture and in foreign culture, and then you come to college. You know, where it's like you experience some people who've never left the state,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> you
1: know, or never left the country, you know. And then also being an African American, you know, living in in um, you know as African American in the black community and then in the white community. You know, it's just like, where do I belong? Which one am I? Where do I fit? Yes. <laughs> you know, I uh, totally uh, love the name of your podcast because I I, I I consider myself a third culture kid.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> encourages me. encourages me to know that, you know, it, it uh, strikes a chord kind of on that topic a little bit you know, trying to figure out, man, you know, where do I belong? Could, could you dive into that a little bit and kind of, you know, maybe what some of that looked like when you were thinking about it, or maybe in hindsight, when you look back at it, um, how you kind of process that?
1: I think I'm still processing it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, um, Well, you know, you just have to, for me, I had to just really kind of discover who I, I was just as my own self. Not who Tanya is as an African American, or not who Tanya is um, um, as you know somebody just the only African American full of in a in a place that's all you know white people, or um, as an American, you know, in a country with people who you know I mean a different country. You, I had to really just figure out just who am I? Who who am I? You know, um, not in connection with anything else or anybody else, but just who as, as a person. And uh, that's been a journey for me. And really how I, I, I landed and really kind of figured out and discovered um, for myself who I am is, is really just through my relationship with Jesus and um, having him speak truth to me, saying, this is who you are. This is who I've made you to be, no matter where you are, no matter what culture you're in, no matter what group of people you're with, um, this is who I've called you to be. And so I've, I've, I've found a lot of peace and strength to move forward in life, um, going after, you know, following and standing on the truth of who God says that I am.
0: It's a good word, preach. <laughs> <laughs> super cool, super cool. Um, so you traveled or have been in, you know, all these different places. Um, How did you end up in Waco?
1: I ended up in Waco, I went to uh, uh, Baylor University. I was a student there. That's how I got to Waco. Um, My father was uh, planning on retiring from the military my senior year in high school. And he had decided he wanted to live in Texas. Although our our family originates from Illinois, he didn't want to move back to Illinois. And I wanted to go to school close to wherever my parents were going to be. I wanted to be able to get get to them within the day, mm. <laughs> drive or whatever. Um, and so he he retired in San Antonio. And so I said, well, I guess I'll go to, to a school in Texas. And um, it's a funny story how I picked Baylor. <laughs> but <laughs> I think I'll share it. I, uh, Do it. I knew I wanted to go to school in Texas, but I I didn't know anything about the state of Texas other that other than my parents were going to be moving there. So I got a a college Texas um, colleges catalog and um, I said, Okay, God, I don't know where I want to go or where what I'm supposed to do. But okay, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to close my eyes and then I'm going to open the book with my eyes closed, and I'm going to point my finger, and wherever my finger lands, I'm going to trust and believe that's where you want me to go to school, <laughs> and so that's what I did. I closed my, I got the book. I closed my eyes. I opened it up and pointed, and my finger landed on Baylor, and uh, so I applied to Baylor and got accepted, and went to Baylor my, my parents were like are you out of your mind <laughs> do you see how much that school costs?" <laughs> you know and so but I'm like nope I feel like that's where God wants me to go I told him to lead my finger and guide my finger and he guided it and and so that's where I went to Baylor and that's where I met my husband who had a divine encounter of getting to Baylor as well he wasn't gonna go to Baylor he got a scholarship to go to Arkansas but um, at the last minute, he felt like the Lord said for him to go to Baylor. And so he did. And uh, that's where we met. And we've been married for 27 years. So wow. I think finger landed on the right spot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Hey, that's, that's cool. That's super, super cool to hear how, yeah, God can just push you where you need to be, you know, and sometimes it just he takes can. that. Uh, step of faith, and taking the next step forward, even when you don't see what the outcome may be.
1: That's true. uh, One of our old pastors from a church I used to go to some years ago, he used to say, even a blind squirrel finds an acorn every now and then. (laughs) (laughs) Word. (laughs) So anyway.
0: Super cool, man. Uh, So we'll dive into, uh, you know, the the main topic for today, but um, for those of, of us, including myself, who aren't the most f- familiar with you know this vocabulary or uh, the topic, like what is postpartum, and I guess we can kind of maybe go over some some terms and definitions right after this. So,
1: sure. So, okay, the word postpartum itself it just means after birth, after the baby has parted. From the womb, so what? A lot of times when people say postpartum, they really are saying or, or meaning to communicate postpartum depression
0: mm-hmm. or
1: part of mood anxiety disorders. Okay. Uh, so, um, yes, but but they just say, "Oh, I had that postpartum." <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, but the word itself, postpartum, it really just means after the birth. Mm-hmm. And uh, doula um, is is a Greek word that means woman's servant. So postpartum doula is a woman who serves a mother after she has given birth.
0: Hmm.
1: Basically, that's that's what that means. But there's birth doulas, you know, and there's end of life doulas. So just the word doula just means a woman's servant. Mm -hmm. gotcha that
0: cool thanks for that
1: um you're welcome with (laughs) never say never never or or you probably wouldn't be saying anything about postpartum because you're a man but (laughs) when you get married or when you're around a female that's had a baby or whatever if you're talking about it don't say did you have postpartum
0: (laughs) (laughs) hear that everybody hear that (laughs)
1: You can say, did you have postpartum depression or how was your postpartum recovery? The word postpartum just means after birth.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, so you kind of touched on it already, but what are some of these different common difficulties and, and challenges um, that, that come with this postpartum period? Um, you know, you, you kind of already you know mentioned one with, you know, depression and anxiety Um you know, would you you'd like to dive into that a little bit more?
1: Sure. Um, so after a woman uh, gives, her body goes through a lot of, of um, major changes, major hormonal changes and physical changes. And so um, she would, some, some difficulties she might have physically would be, um, you can have trauma down in the perineum area. You know, and so where sometimes women tear really badly and they can't even sit down after they have a baby, you know. And so their bodies have to heal physically or uh, if they have to have a surgical birth, which is another way of saying a cesarean section, they have to heal physically um, in that way. Um, There might be some struggles with breastfeeding if the mom chooses to breastfeed um, and the baby's not able to latch well. Um, she will need to heal physically um, from any damaging things that's happening there. Um, po- you can have uh, even some relational difficulties. When a, a newborn is introduced into a relationship, it changes the dynamics mm-hmm. of a relationship, whether it's the parents, the, the, any, any relationship that was intact before the newborn comes once the newborn is introduced into the family, every single one of those relationships will be affected. Um, you know, because there's a great book by um, John Gottman called When Baby Makes Three. You know, babies, as cute and cuddly as they are, they can really rock a relationship and like really shake it really hard. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, and uh, sometimes you need help working through that. And then mentally and emotionally, um, giving birth. Uh, can really um, challenge a woman and, and, and a father too, uh, mentally and emotionally is like, okay, what what's happening here? Why am I feeling the things that I'm feeling? Why am I thinking the things that I'm thinking? Sometimes they're really good. Sometimes they're really um, bad. You know, the thoughts that uh, people have after they give birth. And so it, childbirth can be a really, really hard time uh, for some people.
0: Definitely. Uh, with, you know, kind of all that being said, uh, what kind of drove you to end up creating, you know, these different services uh, for uh, postpartum? Um, like, what 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 inspired you to create those?
1: So, um, really, after my fourth child, I suffered. Really badly uh, from postpartum depression, and um, I had a lot of trouble uh, with breastfeeding, and um, and part of the part of the postpartum depression, excuse me, <clears throat> or excuse me, part of the breastfeeding struggles fed into um, the postpartum depression that I was dealing with, and um, I had different women come around, my mother could only come for, you know, a couple of weeks to help me, but I dealt with this over a course of six or seven months. And there were different women in the community that would uh, come and help me some, but a lot of it was just my husband and I and and our children, you know, working through um, the the struggles of postpartum depression and the struggles of breastfeeding. But there was a lactation consultant who, she really helped me in that, um, she helped, she helped me to understand what was going on with my body. And then she, she gave me permission to stop. (laughs) It's not like I needed permission, but my body just wasn't doing what it needed to do to produce the milk for my baby. And I was doing all the things and I, I felt like such a failure because I couldn't feed my baby. And, Mm -hmm. um, her having her talk with me and work me work with me through that, and it's like, hey, you've done everything you can do. There does come a time when you can you you can stop, and it doesn't mean that you're a bad mom. And so that really uh, really spoke to me, and I'm like, hey, I one day I want to do what this lady is doing. I want to be able to support a mom and help a mom who's struggling just like this lady helped me. Um, and so, but I didn't jump right into it. Um, Because I was in the midst of having babies still, and and I felt like the time wasn't right yet for me to begin to study how to become a lactation consultant. So I waited 13 years, uh, raised my babies, and got them into school, my youngest into school, and then I um, started to study for lactation, to become a lactation consultant. But um, because I I was a stay-at-home mom, we only had one income, Mm -hmm. and uh, Vincent was the, the breadwinner. He's like, babe, I want you to go back to school. I'm, I'm behind you, I'm for you. He's like, I just cannot afford to uh, pay for you to go back to school right now. He said, so if, if you wanna go back to school, you're gonna have to get a job and, and kind of help pay for it. And I had been home at that, time, at that point for 17 years already. And uh, my degree from Baylor was pretty much obsolete. I I graduated with a degree in finance, but I hadn't done any finance work in 15 years, and so I'm like, well, I'm gonna have to go back to school just to learn what relearn to update my skills. I'm like, if I'm gonna go back to school, I might as well go back to school for what I want to do. And so I was talking to a friend of mine, and you know, just lamenting with her. It's like, hey, what am I gonna do? You know um and so i'm like well i guess i could go work at walmart or you know do some kind of evening job to earn a little bit of cash to kind of start paying for school and she says well why don't you start a business i'm like start a business doing what she's like helping moms you know you always help people whenever they have a baby you always go help them and you you cook for them you help them with their laundry you sit and talk with them you you give them advice why don't you do that i'm like who would pay for that <laughs> i'm like That's not a job, that's just something women do. You're just supposed to do that. She's like, well, if I would pay for it, if you weren't here, I would pay for it. I'm like, well, maybe. So I'm like, well, yeah, maybe this could work, you know? And so I kind of put the idea out to a few people and um, somebody said, hey, you need to go talk to this lady. You know, so I went to speak with, with this particular lady. Her name is Emily Cunningham. And I was telling her about my idea and wanted to see what she thought about it. And uh, she said, oh, you want to be a doula. I'm like, a what? <laughs> I'm like, that's a real thing? People actually, this is a profession? She's like, yeah, yeah, you can become a postpartum doula. And so she gave me, you know, information of where to go, research about it. And I'm like, wow, this is really, this is really a thing. So what I did to earn money to take, to, um, to, uh pay for my doula training was I just did some domestic work for somebody here and a a, a surgeon and his wife and for a little while and whatever money I made from that I saved it up to pay for my doula stuff and then after I got my doula doula certification I began to serve doula clients and then the money that I made from that I used that to pay for my training to become a lactation consultant.
0: Mm. (laughs)
1: that's how uh that all got started so I own the only private practice lactation practice here in our county and um also the only um postpartum doula agency here in town and then as I was serving clients um as a postpartum doula I contracted with a pregnancy center to provide services for their clients ones who couldn't afford it and um I just I, I would visit with some of the moms that I was serving, and they would say, "I wish I could do what you're doing, but I just can't afford it. It's too expensive for me to uh, to do that. I don't have the you know disposable income to pay to become a doula, you know." And so I um, I really felt inspired by the Lord to make a way for the women that I was serving to become a doula, because a doula profession. And doula services are considered luxuries. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's very expensive to have a postpartum doula. And it's very expensive to become a postpartum doula. So uh, the Lord, I felt like the Lord inspired me to make a way for these women to get the services that they need and also to train to become doulas. And so then I started Community Doulas of Waco, which is a nonprofit organization that provides doula services for women who can't afford it and then partners with them to help them pay for the training and get the training that they need to become doulas and then we turn around and then we contract with them to provide services for our clients so that's the short story of how it all got started
0: it's amazing it's amazing to see how someone can you know see the problem and then take a step you know and then as they continue just taking the next step how you know, something's formed and used to almost bring it full circle to, you know, create something that is able to, to pour back into the community.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and that's really what it is, is community building. And uh, so, you know, generations ago, women served women. That's just what you did. You know, when you had a baby, you were surrounded by other women to, to take care of you, to help you to recover so that you could then take care of your family. But we don't have that anymore. Um, not like before, because we don't live near our, our, our nuclear families and um, you know everybody's all spread out. And, and grandmas and, and moms, they don't have time and aunts don't have time to give six weeks, you know? To a family to stay there and take care of a mom and help her to recover because they have their own job, you know, in their own life, wherever far away, you know. And so, being able to empower women um, to to do this, it, it I think it's a good thing for the community because it also it decreases postpartum depression rates when women have good support around them after they have birth after they give birth. Um, then they don't fall into the depression and the anxiety because they have another a woman around them helping them through that supporting them and talking them through the struggles the emotional struggles that you go through when uh, you have a baby you know and then they can they can give back you know i helped you and and helped you to recover now you go help somebody else to recover but you're not doing it on a pro bono basis you're getting paid for it right <laughs> You know, so,
0: yeah, kind of like that. Each one teach one.
1: There you go, <laughs> and give me a dollar while you at it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's right, that's right, you know, that's hey, helping people will also be able to, yeah, make some extra cash.
1: yeah, and then what does that extra cash go? That extra cash goes into the economy, you know, right. and um, and so we 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 empower moms. To, um, to move move into something that um, they wouldn't and it takes them into a direction, or let me say this again, it changes the trajectory of their life. you know because most women who are in lower socioeconomic um, demographics, like I said before, they can't afford to uh, pay for doula services nor can they afford to become a doula. But it, you don't have to have a college degree to become a doula. You just be willing to learn a new skill. Yeah. Oh, you know? and, um, but you, you can make some really, really good money uh, being a doula. You know, so most of the women that we serve, you know, they kind of have a ceiling over them because most of them only have your, their high school diploma, yeah. you know, or GED. And so, when that's the highest level of education that you have and that you have access to, then that really limits your income earning potential. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But opening up the doula profession and giving them access to the doula profession, not only helps them to learn a new skill, but it also changes how much money they can actually make. Right. It raises the ceiling uh, income earning potential and sky can become the limit for them, you know, uh, depending on how much work they want to do and how much time they want to put in. Yeah. Oh, you know? so it's, it's, it's fun to see the clients that we have that who have chosen to become doulas and to see how, how, how their lives are changing. It's really neat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love what you said just kind of about, you know, changing the tra- trajectory, um, you know, of of these women's uh, lives. And I just kind of think about how it seems like sometimes opportunities or um, ideas are out there. It's kind of just like, people just don't know. Like, and and, you know, we're like limited by just, okay, well, you know, I don't have a degree. Therefore, like, I guess there's not an option, you know for me to go do this or do that. or, or you do get a degree and you're like, oh, well, I guess I'm locked in here, you know, for the rest of my life. But like, there's so many opportunities and so many things out there. It's almost just like, you just need to be presented with them or um, discover what those um, opportunities could be. So, um, yeah, love what you said there.
1: Great, okay, yeah. And, you know, also too, then on the other side too, you know, with, um, Moms who are are uh, dealing with, you know, they're trying to recover from childbirth, and they don't have anybody that can come in and help them. You know, that's when you reach out into your community and and hey, who who can help me? You don't have to to sit in your house by yourself, and you don't have to suffer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, working through the challenges of 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 uh, childbirth on your own. Um, you know, and I, like I said before, too, it is expensive. And so how does, okay, so someone who, who um, doesn't qualify, per se, for, you know, um, to get government assistance or to, to have a program that only serves low income families, well, how, how does the middle, the, the middle income person, how, how do they get the help that they need? You know, is it available to them? Yes, it is available to them. And I like to tell my, my private clients, how can you pay for this very expensive service? Well, you have friends and family that want to give you a gift. <laughs> tell them that you want doula services. You don't need all the baby paraphernalia, but you really do need somebody to come in and help you after you give birth, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So have them, you know, instead of giving you baby stuff, pay for some doula services or there's even a thing called doula showers there mm-hmm. you know everybody comes to the shower and puts money in towards you know the mom having doula services mm-hmm. you know, or you know i have some clients who they know this is what they need and so they have nine they're pregnant for nine months each month they're putting money aside mm-hmm. to pay for their their doula care mm-hmm. you And so it's just like you said before, knowing what's out there and then making a plan to be able to access the services that are available to you. So my private clients don't have to go without and neither do the low income families. Everybody can have the care that they need after they give birth. Um, It just depends on what investment are you willing to make in yourself and how is the community willing to come alongside and help those who can't or don't have the money to invest in it.
0: That's good, that's good. Love it, love it. Um, Kinda going along, um, you know, this conversation, uh, why do you feel like this topic, and maybe it's just I, for me at least, like, oh, I haven't had the language or I've never really heard about it, but, you know, kinda growing up in the Asian community, like never really heard about anything about postpartum depression or you know I guess the difficulties just during this period like never really heard about it talked about very much Um, why do you think that is Um, and maybe 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 it is just that does have to do with um, (laughs) that men don't (laughs) know a lot about (laughs) uh, what their uh, their their moms or their uh, wife has gone through so that I mean It could also be it, but um, from your perspective, (laughs) what do you think?
1: I think there's some cultural differences and the way different cultures respond to birth. Um, And most countries in the world understand the struggles of childbirth and um, the women come around the women that are giving birth, um, but typically in the West, um, we are um, not so much a familiar familial society as most of the world is. We're very individualistic. Um, and so you probably have never heard of it because the rates are very low <laughs> amongst the Asian community um, and other communities worldwide. Um, but in the West, in in the United States and Canada mainly, um, postpartum depression rates are very high hmm. because we don't care as well for our families as we should. So you do hear about it a whole lot in the United States. Um, and in Canada, but other countries of the world, they don't experience it the same because their women are surrounded and covered um, and taken care of by other women. And they teach them how to breastfeed and they're teaching them how to care for themselves. They're teaching them how to care for their babies and they're taking care of the family, the mom's family while she's recovering from childbirth and they're supporting her in a way that we don't necessarily do um here in the United States um so that's probably why you don't hear about it very much because it's not happening that much Mm. in Asian community because they are well taken care of when the mom gives birth
0: Hmm. yeah that kind of reminds me of just how um like I, I do remember I think some of my you know relatives like when they were you know, giving birth or, or you know, kind of after that, how a lot of times like my nuclear family or like extended family, like my grandma or, you know, her sisters, like they kind of would all be around, you know, in a similar mm-hmm. location and kind of, I'm sure that they, you know, would talk about um, at least somewhat, you know, how they felt or, or what was hard or, um, or whatnot and kind of just having that connection probably helped a lot
1: oh it helped it helped a whole lot <laughs> <laughs> you No, <know>? and so <laughs> but but yeah so so you're you're the the relatives that you saw they they were doula that new mom you just didn't know it right yeah yes yes you know? and, and and you don't call it a doula you know for your family right uh, they were just serving her they were doing what families should do when a woman gives birth. And, and it's, and it's, it's a, a sacred time, you know, and a special time, you know, um, for families. And so the United States, you know, as, as great of a country as we are, I love America and I love being American and I don't want to live anyplace else. Um, but there are some things that we could do better. <laughs> some things we could do a whole lot better and we, we could do a whole lot better at, at caring for, our, fa- our birthing families and making sure that the moms and, um, and, and dads for that matter too, uh, have time and space to heal and recover from childbirth, you know? And so it's like, dad, well, he didn't deliver the baby. No, he didn't push the baby out, but he has an experience too. You know, that, that, that's part the woman giving birth. That's part of his experience. And, um, dads go through some things too because he's he's going through a lot of emotional challenges because he's seeing the one whom he loves going through some uh, awful lot of pain and some trauma that he can do nothing about you know he cannot fix it men are fixers you know he can't fix it he can't help her all he can do is hold her hand and you know and just look at her (laughs) let her squeeze the heck out of his hand you know and and things like that he can he can support her emotionally but really he can't it's a journey that she has to take on her own you know and then just the the way that the newborn affects the dynamics of that relationship the dad is going through some stuff too you know and usually he's the main support for the the woman that has given birth but he's got to go to work too you know he's he's not getting time off to uh recover from childbirth he might get a week maybe two weeks but he's not sleeping at night either that baby ain't sleeping at night pretty much nobody in that house is sleeping because the baby's crying or doing whatever and so dad is up all night with mama and the baby and but then he's gotta go to work you know so dad's that dad suffer too and struggle after the baby is born and so we had to, we have to cover the whole family and help them all to get back to a place of health and healing and be able to move forward after the baby's born.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you kind of in a scenario well, when like families come to you, what that looks like, but you kind of just answered it, you know, kind of yeah. <laughs> what, a what are the things that actually, you know, uh, doulas help with. And it's kind of like all encompassing, to be honest, I guess when I think about it, it's,
1: it is, it's, it's, but it's, it's, it's fluid. It's different for every family. Great. But it you provide physical support? And so what is physical support? That would be like um, cooking a meal for the family while she's there, you know, running errands, uh, doing some very, very light housekeeping, um, letting the mom go take a very long shower by herself. You know, I'll keep the baby. You go take a shower or mom, you hadn't slept all night, go take a nap, you know, a good hour long nap and I, I'll i take care of the baby while you nap. You know, if there's older siblings in the house, giving the older siblings some extra attention because mom's attention is focused on the baby, you know, giving dad an opportunity to guilt-free, go out and go do whatever dads do, have some man time with no guilt, you know, um, You know, it's different than, you know, emotional support, letting the family process the birth. You know, you know, dad, what was the birth like for you? And Helping him work through his emotions, letting mom work through her emotions at the birth. Um, And then, you know, helping assessing what's going on in that family. What needs does this family have and where can you go in the community to get these needs met? You know, teaching moms how to breastfeed, how to, you know, teaching dads how to give the baby a bath you know, baby massage, um, you know, teaching the older siblings how to interact, you know, with the baby. And, you know, it's very fluid for every single family. And each day you come is very different, you know, based on what are the needs of the day. Now, how can I as the doula come alongside you and help you accomplish some things that you, you need to see accomplished today, mom? Some things in your head and your mind, it's like, what do I I want to make sure that I get bloody 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 done today, but I don't have time to do it because I'm, you know, the baby is consuming all of my time, you know. But I see this other thing happening in my house that's falling apart. The doula can come in, hey, let me take care of that while you focus on the baby or whatever it is, you know. That's kind of what it what it looks like. Got you it. know. usually be with the family for you know a couple of hours in the day some doulas work during the day some in the afternoon some evenings some even do it overnight it's just really all depends on what is the family's need and what their investment level is Mm -hmm.
0: with that is there a like common time frame for like how long uh you know, a family has a doula for, or is it kind of just vary based on need?
1: Um, So the postpartum period, um, it uh, formally is the uh, 12 weeks after the woman has given birth. So typically the postpartum doula will serve the family with somewhere along those 12 weeks. Um, If a family has a lot of money to invest, (laughs) In it, they will hire and contract with a doula for all twelve of those weeks. Um, but most families will do about anywhere from uh, usually about six weeks worth of doula support um, to help the mom through the you know the first six weeks. Usually is what families will do, and they'll they kind of do a upside down triangle where the first couple of weeks you have the doula coming a lot of days you know and stand for you know a good number of hours during the day you know but as time goes on and mom gets stronger and heals more then the doula will kind of start tapering off how much time she's there you know how many days during the week and then how much time during the day until you kind of get down to where the doula has worked herself out of a job and that's really what you want. You want to get that mom to the place where she's like, well, you, you really don't need to come anymore. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel good. I feel more and more like myself. I'm, I feel like I'm ready to take the reins of serving my family and caring for this newborn, you know? And so if you can get your client to that place, then you have done a really good job as a doula.
0: Gotcha. That's good. That's good. Um, so, for people who, you know, I guess like close friends or people in that community and and family, uh, what are some uh, advice that you would give them in you know supporting, uh, you know, the mother and also, I guess, other people in the family? I know that you kind of mentioned some of these things already, but um, you know, I guess for, you know dad's trying to support you know uh his wife and um you know newborn like what are some advice that you give um just kind of these different people in this relational dynamic
1: (laughs) yes i would say um understand and communicate with the family with the new the 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 new parents what are some of their goals and how can you help them reach those goals Mm. what needs and what are their needs, not what you think their needs are, but what are their needs and how can you, what can you do to help meet those needs and asking them, you know, what can I do to help you instead of you just assuming this is what I'm going to do, <laughs> you know, um, be willing to help them invest if they feel like, hey, I, I feel like I need a doula or um, then help them pay for that. You know, uh, encourage the mom if she's having breastfeeding struggles, be willing to invest to get her some professional help to um, overcome those breastfeeding challenges. Um, Be willing to let the mom and baby be together. You know, oftentimes families will come, I'm coming to help you. I'm coming to hold the baby and then watch you serve me. You know, families, if you're going to come, understand that that mom is not there to entertain you. She's got to heal from childbirth. You're coming. You're really there to help her, to support her. You know, just to hold the baby and watch her do everything else. Yeah. So, um, you know, just help understand that, that, that the mom and babies need to be together and do whatever you can to help them to stay together. You know, so that might mean You don't get to hold the baby as much (laughs) because the baby is with the mama, you know? Some other things are are understand, try to have a non-judgmental attitude towards the new things that the new parent wants to do. And see if you can understand, work to understand why they're doing things differently than what have been done in the past. You know, oftentimes a family will hire me because the mom and the new mother and the grandmother don't see eye to eye on how to take care of this baby <laughs> and how to recover, you know? So there's a lot of conflict. And so the family is like, hey, can you, can you come and kind of help me with my mother? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so uh, So grandparents, new grandparents, can um be willing to let the 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 new parents you know do some things their way and their way does just because it's different from yours doesn't mean it's wrong it just means it is different you know and and understand why they're doing it differently you might learn something
0: (laughs) that's good super super good well we're running out of time for today but um final just a uh, you know, question for you just to um, give you uh, opportunity to yeah shout out whatever you want to. Um, how can others connect with you and you know support with, support what you're doing? Yeah if you have I don't know whatever Instagram or Facebook or you know yes. you can just so, drop them all
1: website. There you go. So you can go to happywacoMoms.com. Uh, that is for postpartum doula and lactation services of Waco. If if you have the, if you need lacta- skilled lactation support, or you have the funds to pay for doula care, um, and you don't qualify for government assistance, um, then go to happywacomoms.com. Um, or either, um, if you want to support a nonprofit organization who serves mothers, um, go to communitydoulas. Waco Community Doulas Waco.org um, to help and maybe make a donation to help some mom who needs doula care but cannot afford it um, to get the care that she needs or to become a doula. So, and we're on Facebook and Instagram, they're all pretty much the same. I think our Instagram is uh, P Doula Lactation Waco.
0: I'll shout them out on, uh, on our Instagram once uh, yeah, I get there. So super cool, super cool. Um, well, thanks so much for joining us today, Tanya. I really appreciate you, this conversation. I hope and know that it'll be insightful for a lot of people. And uh, to all the listeners out there, thankful for you. Excited to continue on this journey with you this year. So stay safe and peace. hope y'all enjoyed today's episode with Tanya this conversation made me want to show love to all the moms out there especially my own y'all are warriors champions doing so much more than we know so we're thankful for you and definitely super super grateful for all y'all do if you haven't already definitely go check out the postpartum work Tanya has been helping with at happywacomoms.com and donate if you can I know a mother, a family, a community would definitely appreciate it. So show your your mom some love today and have a blessed day.